0: ladies and gentlemen i can't say ladies and gentlemen oh fuck it's not why pro- because it's not progressive
1: really <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> i think it's fine no That's the, the corny I'm, version I'm... of that ladies and gentlemen and everything in between yeah
0: <laughs> i can't no i have to say welcome but, yeah see i can't do that all right
1: well, oh keep all of this
0: welcome back to oh oscar i'm your host oscar aiden where i get to talk to a lot of my great friends in the entertainment industry and we discuss their career their background their first gay experience and a spin on the gay dhd q a wheel today I am joined by an ever so fabulous longtime comedian friend who I've known for a long uh, for uh, at least seven eight years who I knew was st- doing open mics at Bunga's Den and around New York City and then he just shot up to fame and I just slept with people in the stairwell. Uh, in the and, stairwell, you slept with them. Oh yeah, well, that's a wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. In a stairwell. And now, I mean, he just has so many amazing things going on for him. He's been on Comedy Central. He has his comedy album, uh, Shelf Life, on Amazon. And then he recently got into the cellar. And now he has a podcast called the downside. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Gianmarco Soreci. Hello hello, 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 hello. Hello. What's going on? I mean, like this past year has just been amazing for you.
1: It was a good year. It was a good year. I think uh during the pandemic, there were like some people who uh curled inside and it was it was a tough time and I was like I got to push through. I read did you read Roy Wood Jr.'s article during the pandemic? No. he wrote an article for vulture about how just like when things came back like headliners would move here and here everyone would regress everyone would like step back and i was already so low i was like i, I can't step back any further i gotta push so i did enough zoom shits and special oh and, and uh i i just think some people came out of the pandemic stronger and then there's some people who like they're still tweeting like did my first stand-up show since february 2020 and you're like since oh my now you're doing it now i don't know maybe maybe this isn't what you want to do and that's fine and you should stop taking up the space
0: (laughs) I love you so much. Uh, No, you're absolutely right, though. Like, if you think about it, I remember I was doing Zoom shows. I loved Zoom shows. Yes, I get it. You can't – there is nothing that beats a live audience. I get that. I totally understand. However, how can you dismiss Zoom shows when it's giving you the opportunity to actually practice your material? Of course. And even – if even if it's awful and it doesn't work and there's only four people, it's still kind of like an open mic where you get to recite everything
1: and you're like, OK, this is I'm doing it. I'm doing it. OK, we're going to do it. During the beginning of the pandemic. This is like before Zoom shows took off. I I was so scared about we didn't know when standup was coming back and i you know i have a word document with like all of my jokes that right. that i use and i every day i was saying like an hour of jokes out loud just to like keep them in my mouth keep them in my brain because i was scared i was like am i gonna go six months without saying these jokes wow and then you know the zoom i think it was talking about zoom when a joke didn't work i couldn't tell if it was the wi-fi or just a terrible audience i could never figure out which of the two was going on but uh I did it and I ended up making like corporate Zoom shows, Zoom colleges. I made my living last year off that shit. Yeah. So there's a certain degree of like some people were complaining, you're like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know, it's it's not the same. But doing a college gig for my living room, Ooh. I'm going to Albany on Thursday for a college. I'd much rather stay in my living room.
0: Oh my God, like how would you not want to be able to perform for 1300 people or however many college students from the comfort of your own home? and then still get
1: paid to do it without the travel. I performed, I did two Zoom colleges from Zat- Naka. I did a Zoom NACA, which is the college conference. And I performed for four people on Zoom. And I was paid 14.50, I believe. And I was like, you guys' tickets, your guys' tickets are like 400 bucks a pop for 50 minutes of me from my couch, reading jokes from my notepad to the left of my screen. <sighs> It must have been the easiest money
0: I think you've ever made in your entire life. It was so good. It was 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 great. I know. And that's the thing. Like I, during the pandemic, I actually, so what's interesting is before the pandemic, a lot of my comedy, even if I call it comedy, was always crowd work and I love crowd work and I think it's great. Mm. And then during the pandemic, uh, because I kind of started getting really back into it right in the end of 2019, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get out there. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, well, fuck that. I'm not going to do anything anymore. Maybe comedy is not my thing. And then I started doing open mics and then I started writing and I was like, all right, I'll just write some more. And then I do more open mics. And then I got asked to do more shows. And I realized that the pandemic, even though a horrible thing was a silver lining for me, because it actually taught me that I needed to write because I couldn't rely on crowd work through Zoom shows. So I actually had to rely on writing. And it was probably the biggest light bulb moment in my life. And I'm so grateful for that because it gave me the opportunity to really sit down and being like, all right, I need to write. And I need to write material. Crowd work is great, but you got to have something to back it up. And I realized that in that moment. And I think that in that time when all these things and I started getting booked on more shows and more shows and more shows is when I realized, oh, yeah, this is what comedy is.
1: And I think I think that lesson is worth a couple million lives.
0: Oh, I, I, <laughs> I despise you. Uh, no, it's true. But but like I think Zoom shows, and then Park you had to shows. adapt.
1: We all have to adapt. It was frustrating. People took go on TikTok now, and at the beginning, everyone's was making fun of TikTok. I, mean, it's not what I wanted to do. I don't want to capture my Are fucking TikTok, TikTok videos now. I started early. I started early. Thank God. How many followers do you have on TikTok? I think it's like a quarter million. I fucking hate you. And like then I got the creator fund, and you know I've probably made. Twenty five hundred bucks off TikTok, a little bit off there, a little bit off Zoom. But let me ask you something though: Do the people
0: that follow you on TikTok actually come to your shows? No,
1: no. Ooh, that's so but it's so hard. All this stuff is, you know, who knows how it works. I'm trying. Next year, I'm going more on the road, and I'm doing like dates where I need to fill it. Like, you know, it's a small room in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'm like, I have to figure out. I have to now figure out how do I sell fifty seats? Facebook ads? Put money into that? Maybe. I'll put $100. Let's start. I need to figure it out. At a certain point, if you want to work the road and you want to be a headliner, you have to like be like, all right, I guess I got to figure this out. I used to do a weekly show. And I did it like a lot of people do weekly shows. Maybe you do it too, where it's like, I had some people come, maybe. I posted about it. Yeah, I barked. But like at a certain point, you're like, I never, did th- I never figured out Facebook ads. I never figured out Instagram ads. I I spent them on like a YouTube series years ago, so I was skeptical. I was like, ah, it's all bullshit. But you got to figure it out. Email list, maybe that's how you do it. But now that I'm going on the road next year, I'm really starting to be proactive, and I'm being like, I got to figure this out. If this is what I want to do. you When you go, like when I went to Spokane, Washington, so far away, and I'm like, I'm going to a club, and like, I have to... F- that, that's when it really started to click. Like, oh, I have to figure out how to how to make these people in this place that I've never been in know me or want to come to this show. And in a way, it's like it's a bringer in its own way. And you're like, right. oh, it's all a bringer in its own way. Right.
0: Real quick, let's do like a quick recap of Gianmarcos Racy and your time in comedy. And like, wh- how did you – like, give us a real cap of how you started. Sure. And – why stand up? Besides, I mean, I know you talked about acting. Yeah, but what? Like, what was? Where was the transition from acting to stand up? How did that happen?
1: Well, I I like stand up. I was not like a stand up obsessed kid, but I listened to a plenty George Carlin and Comedy Central and Chappelle and all those people. Dane Cook, like every other high schooler my age. Uh, and then I went to college for musical theater. I still always liked comedy. I did a class at Caroline's in 2010, I think, one summer. I was here doing an acting program, and uh, I liked it. I, I, I don't think the bar was very high for the class, but I felt like I was at the top of the class. Uh, <laughs> the set went well, as they do at Bringers. Looking back at it now, I'm like, ooh, this is not a good set at all. But I went back to college, and I just did an hour. So I, it was like when I first trying stand-up, and it was a very dirty hour. If Every time I'd had sex was in that hour. Like every story, every like, oh my, oh my God. It's, it's some some horrible, I got in trouble with like two high school exes. Like, cause I talked about every time I had sex and it's stuff like I talked about the first woman I went down on and I said, finding her clitoris was like finding a pimple in a truck driver's armpit. That was the metaphor I chose as early, early comedy. And then like another girlfriend wasn't happy about a different bit I did and reached out to that girlfriend and I found out. So I took down the YouTube video and she was like, uh, this video's been taken down. Could you tell me what you said about my pussy? And I was like, oh, it was a joke. It wasn't you. I was making it up. Um, but it really was like finding a pimple in a truck driver's armpit. And then I didn't do stand-up. I was one of those actors who said I was a stand-up comedian. I did one show a year, and it was a bringer. And I'd murder because it would be like Caroline's. Back when like Caroline's bringers were like sold out. Yeah. And you just. I would murder. It would be all new.
0: Was this the ones done by Andy Engel or was this the one done? I by... did one by
1: Andy Engel. I did one by Andy Engel. That was a good, it was at like the jazz club, the Gotham jazz something. It was oh, not a comedy club. And, uh, I was, I get so nervous. I always felt like I had to pee. That's always when I, I don't really feel it much anymore, but I would always feel like I was going to piss my pants on stage somehow. And so I would pee like 15 times before I went up, just, just going back there wiggling. And, uh, I didn't really do it. And then I wrote a play. Acting was going okay, but I wrote a play in the Fringe Festival and it was autobiographical, had a lot of storytelling, had a lot of jokes. And I had a friend who was like, you should focus on this. And I just noticed that, you know, when I got feedback from the play, it was not about my acting work in the scenes. It was about the stand up part. And I was like, "Okay," And it was just that like It it was such a lifestyle change. I never went out at night. I wasn't, like, a partier. I wasn't, like, a, a hound dog. I wasn't going on dates or anything. So it was, like, a real, like... And if I had known just, like, how much your life changes. I mean, I'm out every night. Yeah. I'm out every night. I never see a TV show at the time it airs. Ever. <laughs> Watching Succession at 2 in the morning. But uh, part of it was like, finding stand-up took a long time. And that's why when I knew it was, like, right, when I was, like, oh, I think I could be great at this. I was like, well, I'm 27 now. I'm 33 now, but 27 when I really like did stand up for real. And I was like, I got to go. So on to
0: the main question at hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was your first gay experience?
1: So the first one is so small that I want to brush past it and get to the second, which is real. The first, I love how you're like, the first one isn't real, but it's real. Well, the first one but is, but so, yeah. The first one, it was a, and I, I tweeted about it recently where I had a friend in middle school. He was very cool. And like, he was like, he was definitely like a good looking guy. He was like a soccer player. And he was like, it's one of these things sometimes with men where like, I'm like, I don't know if I'm attracted to this man or I just, I want to be that man. Mm. And so there was like something about he was cool in a way that I wanted, but I loved him. He was my best friend. And there was one time we were with these two girls and they said, I think we were like 7th and 8th, 8th grade, and they said they would kiss if, if Kevin and I would kiss. And so that, that technically we kissed and then they did not kiss. And uh, of course. That, that was one. But obviously I go to all these musical theater camps and I don't think there was ever a part of me that was like, that was fully like maybe I'm gay because I really was a, physically attracted to women. I was watching Porn. and of course I would always you know once in a while you see a gay porn and I just I would go nah and it's I mean come. I do that it still comes so hard but I <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it was just like it wasn't my I love bad. that you probably watched more gay porn than I
1: have oh yeah oh yeah I don't watch gay porn um, and so you know there'd be guys that I like thought were cool. And I'd be like, I really feel like a, but it was more like an emotional thing, or like I had looked up to them, or again, I like wanted to be them. Right. But I was always, I, I was curious and not super. Cu- but so I was in, I was in uh, musical theater college. It was at a uh, NYU. I was doing one at Cap Twenty One, which used to be the musical theater branch of NYU. Mm-hmm. And um, I was at, uh, uh, I my dad like got me. He was he had money then, and he got me like a little apartment for the whole summer and um i had like a party where all these kids came over and we were probably probably like 15 16 and i'd gotten like a gallon of vodka i mean i'm so sorry wait what did you just say 15 or 16 yeah yeah yeah. so this was high school yeah jesus high school summer camp and so i got like a gallon of of the cheapest vodka you could buy i even got a fake id but they didn't even ask new york didn't give a shit Right, gallon of the cheapest vodka, and I—I I had it was my fifteenth birthday, and I had had like fifteen shots of vodka. Okay, um, so I was very drunk, and uh, I some some of these some of these kids they were like New York kids, so they were like way advanced. Yeah, so like one of them like got cocaine, and was doing cocaine in my bathroom, all this shit. It was a right. wild time. Uh, there was a girl there I was trying to to make out with. And I was, like, giving her a massage. She's like, oh, that feels so Blah! And then she threw up all over my bed. So, like, that was over. <laughs> Eventually, everyone left, and all that was left was me and these two guys. Uh, one of them was gay, uh, and one of them was ostensibly straight. I think had a girlfriend or, you know, at some point had been with women during the camp. Did you say Ostensibly. Like, like he had said, he was, he was, he was straight. He, oh, okay. he, just his, his exterior seemed straight. He didn't necessarily give off like. Oh, okay. Uh, and I was wasted. Like I was like, like truly, like like browning out. Right. I, I haven't done that often in my life, so I remember it. And I just remember one of them, and I don't recall which. I like tell it on stage, so I'm trying to like remember the like real, real version. I'm pretty sure. The straight guy said to me, and I remember this, he said, I'm straight, but I can make you feel amazing. (laughs) And all I really remember, again, I was really, I was, I was, we were all really drunk. I I don't hold this against anybody for what it's worth. Uh, And he, like, I remember taking off my underwear and I just remember being like entirely flaccid. Just like. Like a nub, a nub of it. You couldn't tell my dick from my belly button because I'm an Audi, and uh, that's that's a joke, of course. I'm an idiot. But it was. I just remember. I just remember the pathetic. And I don't think I had had I don't think I had gotten a blowjob before this, so I had never had someone's mouth in my penis. But I just remember the the patheticness of someone's mouth, like trying to bring to life a nub. But there's not even enough to get in your mouth. It's almost slipping out of your mouth, uh, and and then I remember the gay guy next to me, like he he took off his pants and he was erect, and so after like trying to get me up for a little, he started blowing the other guy, and then I just remember lying on my side and I was I just remember being like God, I'm so lonely, and I just blacked out. I blacked out. <laughs> I woke up the next day, they were gone, and that was that was uh, that was my first blowjob, essentially, no coven. Uh, No idea what happened next. I don't know if they fucked on top of me. I don't know if they put their dick in my mouth. I have no idea. Uh, But, uh, and I've seen them, I saw them, I saw one of them since at an audition. I doubt he remembers. But maybe I should have asked. Oh my God. Next time I see him, maybe I'll ask. I'm like, oh. But like, he ended up, I think he ended up coming out. Which
0: one did you see at the audition? The straight guy or the gay
1: guy? So I saw the gay guy uh, waiting tables once. And it was, a, it was a while ago. I, I, I bet we're Facebook friends. And then the other guy who I remember, who had like kind of a real acting career, yeah, he, he was in like a, a movie, a real movie. And then it then he, it seems like he, we were auditioning for the same thing, so things must have gone downhill. And uh, <laughs> I I saw him at an audition, and I was shocked. I hadn't seen him in, in a decade or whatever. Um, and I should ask him. But I also don't want him to think like that I'm going to, Make an accusation, Mm. you know. Mm. Even though I was, I was drunk, I was Mm. gone. Mm. But we were all fifteen. But you also remember. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I I remember just being like, okay. Yeah. Mm, That's
0: so interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: So then, can I ask you
0: something? Follow up when you got your, and you we don't talk about it. It's up to you. When you got your first actual like blowjob, job blow is job this past monday <laughs> <sighs> i hate you uh when you got your first yeah. actual blow job, did it fe- did like anything click or were you like oh this is what it's supposed to feel like did it bring back any memories anything i was like
1: i was like yeah i definitely prefer it without the 5 o'clock shadow i feel like that definitely <laughs> was a lot nicer uh no, it was so. It was so like th- I think that was the thing where it was. I love just, you. Thank you. It was so. I mean, again, it could have just been because I was really drunk, but it, I I wasn't turned on. Like I've I've wondered many times. I would love, like in theory, to be with a man because I feel like life should, should life should be explored fully. But when I and and I found men that I'm like, oh, this is an attractive man. But when I get close to it, or if I have like a gay man like really hit on me like truly get close like there's things about men, I think human beings we have are we all have repulsive things you know and right. and your attraction has to like overcome the repulsion you right. like if I go if you go near some I mean, pussy there's plenty about a pussy that's like uh, and there's smells and there's noises and all sorts of things but you you're like desire has to overcome that. And so when I'm when a man comes close, my desire does not exceed. So like if a man comes close to me, like if their breath is, is not perfect, I'm like, Ugh. It, it, the hair, I'm not a body hair guy. Mm. And so if there's a lot of hair. I'm just like, Ugh. I just I'm no longer turned on. Mm. So I just don't know if I. I think the men that I've been most attracted to very narcissistically are like very like a better version of my body type they're like tall lanky brunette guys and fit fitter than me really fitter there's not a lot you want like a
0: you want like a soccer player
1: sure yeah i'll take a soccer well i mean like
0: yo you want a soccer player but like that's kind of like what your ultimate like yeah it's always like christian ronaldo
1: sure that's great Set it up, <laughs> <laughs> but in my head. And look, I you know it's it's obviously complicated now that I'm I'm in a a monogamous relationship. Although I, I bet I bet I could talk her into letting me be with a guy. Uh, I'm always curious. There's always a part of me that's like, you should do this someday. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if I had gay sex, I would have to be the bottom because top would just be like, well, I've kind of done this. This isn't much different. Would you though? Yeah, it'd have to be someone being very gentle, slow, small, small penis. That would be, that's true. That like if I was with a guy, I'd be like, I want I want a guy with a nice little a little dick. Interesting. I'm gonna make some guy's dream come true. <laughs> Looking for a small dick. I loved
0: your first gay experience story. That's a great. That was a great one. Even though
1: adolescent, that was a great story. Adolescent and maybe assault but great great fodder for material i'm gonna find him i'm gonna find him and i'm gonna say look i'm not i'm not you're not in any kind of thing i just want to know how to taste (laughs) i
0: hate you so much (laughs) so we're gonna move on to the next round of the podcast which is the GayDHD Wheel of Q&A. So what you're going to do is you are going to spin this very hard, not lightly, very hard, and then we'll talk about the questions. Okay.
1: Oh, you want to read it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, lose your virginity to which celebrity? Ooh. So what celebrity would you want to lose your virginity to? Ooh. But that's, um, f- well, I have to first say my girlfriend. But putting that aside, um, <laughs> <laughs> let me think. Oh, who, who are like my, my number? Some people coming to my mind real quick. Uh, uh, Rooney Mara comes to my mind, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's that. Uh, the Olsen twin who is in WandaVision. Okay. Uh, which one was she? What's her name? Well, it's either Ashley or Mary-Kate. No, no, no. no, no, no the, the one who was in WandaVision. The younger, the younger Olsen twin. There's a third. Not there twin. Is? Oh, my God. I'm so stupid. Not not the Olsen twin. It's their younger sister. Oh, I don't know who that oh, is. Oh, she's like famous. She's like in a lot of things right don't now. Know who that um, oh, fuck. There's so many. It's hard to narrow it down. Is uh, there one uh, Elaine were, from Seinfeld? Like if we're talking like early, like I, hate I you. bet she'd, I bet she'd tear me in half. Is that bet. like an early fantasy? Uh, no, when I was younger, it was so cliche. It was just, you know, just people with big porn titties. You're like, oh, there was a porn star named Tori Lane. No, Tori Lane. There's a porn star named Cherokee. Cherokee. <laughs> I and love she... how you were like Cherokee. No, Cherokee. And I was into like mom stuff for a little bit. Nina okay. Hartley. okay. Who's still? He, she's still doing porn in my These god. These all sound like drag names. She could be a great grandma at this point, but she's still doing it. I would say more. i more in her mom face. I was a fan. <laughs> now, now, it's a little sad. So Rooney Mara. Uh, uh, there's just gotta. There's gotta be a more perfect answer. That uh, 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 when I was that age, I mean Megan Fox, for sure. But she's too good looking. There's not gonna be. It's not gonna be good. There's no way those people that are good looking are good in bed. You don't think so? I think she might be a little dirty. Yeah, I think she might be a little dirty. I think like people like like the Kim Kardashians and the the people who are like super hot. I just like they gotta be lazy. There's no way. Boring in bed. Boring in bed. Uh oh. Hunger Games. Um, not Jennifer Lawrence, but of course I would I would not say no. Uh, there's a woman. She's blonde. She was in Game of Thrones too. Do you remember Game of Thrones? Didn't watch it. Wait, I don't know names, and that's the problem. She'd show up, and she'd be like, your wish came true. And when I was a kid, I wanted to have sex with Britney Spears, of course. And I I was like, when I was at that age, Britney Spears for sure. Interesting. All right, spin it again. Okay. Funniest joke from another comedian. Woo! Um... I saw. I'll just do one. I saw super recently. I saw Sam Morel at the cellar, and I'd never seen him live. And he was he was just really good. Just like fuck me, so good. And he had a joke about what is it called? The people who knock on the door, Jehovah's Witnesses in the concentration camps. And he was like, "Oh, for fine." That was the first time Jehovah's Witnesses were like filled with dread when someone knocked on their door. <laughs> and it was just like, it was just so. So 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 awful, but so the jokes were so funny that you couldn't not not laugh.
0: I think I'm gonna say and please just accept this for this, but I think one of the the one of the funniest jokes I heard recently was your North Korea no foods joke. Thank you. Thank you. I when I heard that cause you gotta like be smart. Yeah yeah, To write shit like that Like you have to be smart To write A joke like that And that was just To me It was like Yeah that was great I
1: appreciate it It's not a joke That always works And that's like The best version Of that joke That I could make And it took a lot I had that joke forever And I couldn't figure out That last part
0: I know And you're also One handed Porn joke
1: Yes Tova Tova helped me Finish that one off So There's a There's a There's a child porn joke And uh it's really, It really can work, but you know, after that show that you saw me do it at, where it did like really well, the next show, I was like, let me open with it. Let me just see. Oh,
0: yeah. How and, did that?
1: <laughs> uh, oh, it bombs so hard. Yeah. Okay, spin again. Most annoying catchphrase. Like, like, does it count if I say I'm really tired of like people who say hangry? Is that a catchphrase? No. I hate hangry really because i it's like one of these it feels like something that was created in an ad agency like i know snickers used it but it just feels like people are like i'm hangry and i'm like no i think you had a bad relationship with your father (laughs) and when there's some minor physical inconvenience you no longer have the willpower to hide that part of you so no a snickers isn't going to fix that
0: I want to be a fly on the wall when you're like saying your jokes out loud at home. Like I want to I want to I want to I want to be a fly on the wall of your brain to figure out the thought process behind <laughs> some of these statements that you make. Spin again. I love you so much.
1: I love this wheel.
0: I know, right, isn't it, cute? Yeah?
1: Public sex, yes or no?
0: Ooh. Uh,
1: yeah, I once, when I was in Europe, uh, someone and I had sex in, like, a hostel, a hostel bathroom, and it was <laughs> just revolting. I mean, it's just so, so gross. Uh, the idea of public sex excites me. I've, like, watched porn where it's, like, they're having sex on, you know, in, in public. Right. Or... Uh, I've always found, even though I don't think like it's in any way appropriate in today's society, someone being on the phone and like hiding that they're getting fucked or something, like something about that, like they can barely, they're like, and they usually always overdo it in the porn where they're like, you know, it's talking to their husband and they're getting fucked. They're like, hey, honey, uh, sorry, I just had a cold. And you're like, come on. They're like, all right. I'm like, I just, you just do a little, hey, Honey, like ooh, something about that's hot. But no, these days especially, I feel like it's not clear to me if someone sees you fucking. Like, isn't that you exposing yourself to them? There's something about the legality and the is this uh, assault that I'm like none. Of, I'm like eh, don't. I'm not touching this. Where
0: were you planning on having public sex? And when I say like public sex, I'm like in a car. At a rest stop somewhere where sure. there's no one there. Sure, I think that
1: like, not like at like a of,
0: like a baseball game. She's wearing a dress and she sits on top, and of, she you. Sits no, on top of you. Wow, that's no. I'm talking that's pretty, like that's exciting. Though. That I mean, you also just described a porn that came out like in 1997. <laughs> so, like an amateur porn video. I don't yeah. know if you remember where a guy where a girl sat on a guy
1: at a baseball game at a baseball game
0: and they recorded it.
1: I didn't know. I yeah, look it up. That, you know, I think I've seen it. Yeah. I didn't know like it's it like was like very no. blurry. It's looking up. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we definitely watched I've the same it.
1: thing. Yeah, I've touched myself to that a few times. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting. I've watched like security camera elevator. Yeah, they but those are always stop. fake. Those are those are usually fake I sometimes. miss when I didn't know porn's were fake. There's one called MILF Hunter. And it was, like, a guy and someone was following with him with a camera. Oh, i am watching that. And he'd run into, you know, a, a absurdly attractive but, you know, plastic surgery woman at the grocery store. And, like, convince her to just come back with him and fuck. And when I was a kid, I thought, like, God damn, you really? And he wasn't even good-looking. So I was like, you could just go up to, like, women and, like, they'll come back and they'll fuck you. And then I saw that same woman. It was Cherokee, who I talked about earlier. I saw the same woman in a different porn. And I was like, that's so weird that mom also ordered pizza with cameras around. And you're like, oh. did you?" Please tell me this is a bit. It's been a while. It, it was an old bit. I I'll, love I'll bring this. It back. I'll bring it back. I'll bring I
0: it back. love this bit. I'll, pu- I'll put notes. Okay, put that. Make that angry
1: and and porn star porn real. Porn star
0: MILF. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I want that to be a bit. I think it's a great bit. Thank you. All right. We're done with the gay ADHD Q&A wheel. Um, uh, actually, yes. So we are done with that. But I want to give a big thank you to Gianmarco Ceracy for coming on O Oscar. This has been an absolute blast. I actually think this is the longest I've recorded with anyone. That's what I've only had five episodes, but this is the longest that I've recorded Who with Who are the anybody. other people? So it was Maddie Wiener. Uh-huh. And then I had Vanessa Jackson, who just got hired as a writer at SNL. Sure. And then Drew Dunn, and then Katie Boyle. That's great. Yeah. So I was really excited to get you because I just knew that like it was going to be a fun time. Of course. Yeah.
1: So where can people find you? All the social medias, John Marco Sarezi. It's my name. I'm sure, it's in the episode. Just John uh, Marco Sarezi, and uh, listen to my podcast, The Downside. And where can they find that? Uh, anywhere, Spotify, uh, Pandora, uh, uh, Stitcher, and then iTunes YouTube podcast, iTunes, and then St- uh, YouTube. All the episodes, we film it all.
0: And you're on pod, and you're on TikTok,
1: TikTok, Joe Marcus Arezi. and come to the come to the cellar,
0: come to the cellar, see him. I am so happy for everything that you've accomplished, you're very and sweet. I'm so excited to see everything that you're gonna do. And I am so. Looking forward to glowing up together. As yeah. gay as that sounds, I'm looking forward to that. No, it's
1: been very, it's a very cool, like, part of it. Yeah. Where it just feels like the people who really put in the time and the works, you know, things yeah. start happening eventually. Yeah. And I'm
0: so excited. And please definitely check out Gianmarco uh and his podcast. And you can catch him at The Cellar. And you can catch him on TikTok as well. I mean, you don't worry. You're going to be seeing him on TV very soon. Very, very soon. Thank you so much for coming. And I will see you all next Friday. Have a great weekend.